Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Oi. The boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language and sometimes tales are quite adult in nature so keep the volume down if there are kiddies around and thank you for listening You're listening to Footy Prime News and Such, your one-stop destination for footy news and such. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. 345 shows, fellas. Is that what it is? And dubs. 345. I gave my cat a hunt yesterday. You gave your cat a what? A what? A Heimlich. Oh, what Oh, what happened? <laughs> you licked his ass? I gave her the Heimlich. She got food stuck in her throat. A Heimlich. Because she eat so fucking <laughs> Oh, no. What was she eating? Just like a... Like a and she was table? struggling. I was like looking at her and she's like... Yeah, I like kibble and it's stuck in her throat. And so I'm like, what the hell? I thought it was stuck in her cheek. So I kind of was trying to help her. And then she was like, like literally like scratching her face. Like she was ah, like, I was like, Char- shit. Charlie, she's right? Like so I gave pointing her, to the throat. I gave her a, I gave her a smack on the back. Nothing happened. So I kind of picked her up and gave her a little oof, little Heimlich and out come a little kernel. Really? <laughs> That's Charlie, yeah. the fat one. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. You're a first responder, Craiger. I didn't know what to do. I was like, holy shit, she's going to die like, right in front of me. I was like, what the hell's going on? Did she you must have look at you like, little, a different way like, now. Feline CPR, too? or No, no, no mouth to mouth or anything. She was fine <laughs> after she hacked it up. <laughs> wow. On that theme, I'm, I may have to get my cat put down this weekend. What? Oh. Yeah. Looks that way. It looks. It doesn't look good. Wait, Jimmy's laughing. What a fucking. No, I'm prick. not laughing. I'm not. It's very sad. Well, it looks like you're laughing to me. I'm not laughing at all. Look at me, well, Jimmy. Look at me, Jimmy. Look at me. It, di- it didn't give him any pause. Are you not laughing, Jimmy? Look at me in the eyes right now. No. <laughs> you're a heartless bastard. Is what He's you got are. a cat's yeah, little. Yes. Uh, this is a 19-year-old cat who's been a well, great cat. Like the whole the whole talk about the animals and everything. My my parents' dog they had a big chow chow, okay, and it passed away. Uh, was outside in the backyard, and my parents were out, and they came back and dead. Okay, so my my father panicked. He didn't. Craig, stop your knee. Sorry to interrupt. Craig, stop your knee from bumping the table. 
was trying to figure out what the hell that sound was. It's Craig's so, Jimmy leg. So my, Sorry, Jimmy. The dog, the dog's done. It's an older dog, right? More or less got rigor mortis. Just sitting there. Looks like it's been to a taxidermist. Just stuffed, okay? So my dad panics, doesn't know what to do. Leaves the dog in the backyard. Jumps in the pool with the dog, right? Figures he could cool it down. Maybe this dog will come back. Stomach and dying. So then... So then my brother, my brother, Mike, he was, he was working and he just popped by my parents. He saw everything that was going on. So they get the dog back out and my dog, my brother starts doing mouth to mouth with, this, with the dog. <laughs> now just keep in mind, this thing's probably been dead for about six hours. <laughs> I come back, I see all the commotion. Dog's not moving. But just seeing my brother give mouth to mouth to a dog where both all the legs are stiff was <laughs> probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's in like my a life. weekend I I, with a dog. That story Aww. just came back to my mind. Yeah, it was sad for my parents losing their dog. Yeah, you were I broke up about it by the sounds of things. Yeah. It was the whole mouth to mouth in the pool situation. But. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, we are Kitty Prime now, right? Mm-hmm. Friend of the show, Rhonda, has, has uh, named us Kitty Prime. I like that. Mm-hmm. Somebody took it a step further. I know they did. I didn't go there. Yes. It did right. Maybe catchier. Pussy Prime is catchier than Kitty Prime. I bet there are podcasts out there about cats. There have to be, right? No. Kind of strange people. Craig? (laughs) Craig, is there? Craig? Let's ask someone. Hey, Craig, are there other cat podcasts out there? (laughs) Um, You'd know. No. You don't know? Or. Well, I don't, I don't, it's not something I, I search, but are you not in that community? Yeah. I'm not in that community. I'd, I'd actually hate to see your searches, Craig. No, I was just thinking that. I would end up. I don't up, want to do a deep dive no, on that. No, there'd be some Leave my deep dark alone. <laughs> Well, imagine Jimmy's dad's like Google search. Like, does swimming with dogs bring them back to life <laughs> after six That's hours right. of being dead? <laughs> yeah, how, how many hours before CPR doesn't work on a dead yeah. dog? <laughs> and, and, and giving a dog a big chow chow, mouth to mouth, six it's hours. Big dog, right? Chow chow. It's very hairy, right? Oh, they're disgusting. Yeah, they're hairy, <laughs> slobbery. Could have drowned tongues. Yeah, it was gross, mm. man. Wow. Okay. Well, they have it. And that was Footy Prime for Friday, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Keep buying these papers. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> we can't go any. We can't raise the bar any higher now, can we? No. After that, dead pets. <laughs> um, well, it's going to be a really great weekend football-wise. I mean, it's pretty pretty quiet news news week, I think, as far as uh, soccer's concerned. She believes Cup course came to an end, an unceremonious end. Uh, again, not a great performance. The, the labor dispute rolls on behind the scenes. Big, big window coming up in April, maybe even March with the men. Um, I, I don't know what more we can really say about it, Amy, at this point. Uh, I, I know Janine Becky on Twitter or maybe Instagram, she put out a message saying, really, really exhausting few weeks, both mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in this to win this fight. So obviously there's plenty going on behind the scenes, but anything you want to you talk about there, mention there before, of course, it all begins again in March and April. 
No, just to, I mean, not to put a bow on it because there's nothing really positive. I think they had to, to straddle shining a light on, on the issues, the systemic issues that we've already gone really deep into with, with the Federation and also the inequity in the way that they've been treated. I think they were very successful in that and they should be applauded for that. Um, but at the same time, this was a tournament where they had three critical matches that were really important part of, you know, the lead up to the World Cup. And uh, I think Brazil was was a bright spot, but maybe the lone bright spot. I think if they get a pass for that game against the U.S. at the beginning, but then I think a really disappointing performance against Japan. But Japan, I think, was just looking for a chance to to get on the board, to score some goals. I think they came in to the tournament and they hadn't scored a goal and were defeated in, in the last four. But I think Bev even alluded to it that they knew what to expect with Japan. They didn't surprise at all, but they were unable to to deal with it or to adapt on the pitch. And I missed the game. I caught the last 20 minutes uh, of the game live and I went back and I rewatched the first half. And it was really kind of peculiar, perplexing things happening with with the system, especially in the press, where they're playing that 4-2-3-1 to some success in the fall, but against lesser opponents. So now they're playing kind of three top 10 teams, and Japan was just able to pick them apart. And they had Vienne playing that that target role, and then Lacasse, Sinclair, Becky going left to right. Um, defending Japan as they're coming out of the back. And they almost had them playing flat four as their Japan's building out of their own 18-yard box, leaving Grosso and Fleming with an overload in the midfield against a really formidable Japanese team. So they were just able to pick them apart really easily. And then the lone adjustment when um, D'Angelo gets injured, you think that tactically they're going to adapt, especially out of that, was to change Fleming and Lacasse uh, sorry, not Fleming, Becky and Lacasse. They just flip-flopped on the wings, but they stayed in that same shape. It was really strange and to see how far they were pulled out of position, especially that back line where they're really um, usually solid and, and cohesive and organized in the back. You know, Bev, that, yeah, sorry. Bev mentioned it, you know, it's sort of like it, you don't mind losing as long as they learn something from it. Yep. I think that's the case, really, Amy, as a situation where maybe this is a, a little bit of a blessing where they get themselves, you know, their butts kicked a little bit, sit, reset some a little bit to get, you know, obviously distractions as well. But all of these different things, sometimes it's not the worst thing to have happen uh, at this stage prior to the World Cup. Yeah, but I think you're seeing two things like mentally, they obviously weren't there because I think that the turmoil off the field, but their identity for so long on the field and what got them that gold medal was that clear, cohesive, solid defensive shape and mm. a really tough team to break down and to even yeah. score goals like they hardly ever conceded. So and it was just, you know, Japan seemed to do it at will. Um, so that's concerning. So, you know, you want to be pushed out of your comfort zone so you can grow. But you always have to come back to really who you are as a team and what your identity is. And I think right now they don't really know what it is. At some yeah, point, though, Amy, you, I mean, so go ahead, Jimmy. Do you think maybe uh, Bev struggled a little bit? Obviously, you're playing, you know, teams in the top 10 um, and struggled making tactical decisions during the game. Because obviously, um, if, thing, if you keep getting picked apart, you have to adjust. You have mm-hmm. to make changes. You can't just swap two players on wings and and hopefully you're going to get some momentum going forward. You've got to adapt during the game and you've got to make changes. Yeah, I think you saw that against Japan and I think that's on Bev. 
I don't think you can just chalk that up to an apathetic kind of listless side, which which they were. So that doesn't help. But I think she's also using the tournament to see were there any combinations or new partnerships that could be developed. But the way that she was subbing and cycling the players in to get, you know, valuable minutes for certain players um, that maybe hadn't seen the pitch, I think it it had uh, it, it played into like the way that everybody was feeling on the pitch and, and they weren't a- able to really establish themselves because there was, they were all constantly in flux. Mm. You know, there was never that set 11. So you, you have to weigh that as a coach as well. You have to try players in certain positions. Um, but at the same time, it never lets you um, kind of breathe and figure things out yourselves as, as players without, you know, a coach making those tactical adjustments, which I think, Bev didn't really do in that game. Yeah, I think you mentioned also, you know when you look at when you look at uh, when you look at teams and especially national teams you, and during games when sometimes the eleven aren't really doing their job, people forget that the subs that come on, their job is to change the game and make things yeah. better. Mm-hmm. Right, and obviously the the subs that came on didn't do their jobs. Yep. But I also think you like the the triple substitution that Bev, Bev made at half against Japan. You take players off like Lacasse and Vienne, which I think you leave them on. And I think maybe they can get something for you in maybe another 20 minutes and you sub them at the 60 minute mark instead. But I think those are are predetermined subs. That's been a discussion before the game. And they're saying we, we need to rotate here. We need to see these different players because she has to start to not only solidify her eleven but she has to start to figure out the roster, which FIFA has said is going to be 23. It's not going to be 26 like it was for the men. Yeah. And that's that's a, a big issue in terms of the fitness of players that we've talked about and and the amount of fixtures, um, games that they're seeing and travel in these legs and also illnesses, all that sort of stuff. And the the women's teams aren't going to have that luxury. Kanisha Buchanan seemed a little bit off pace, Amy, I thought. And she did. You know, it's unusual because she's usually amazingly solid. It just seems as though she wasn't quite there for whatever reasons. I'm not sure. Yep, and Fleming too, you, you, you could argue. You know, level just wasn't quite there. And you need those in-form, in-season players to kind of pull the rest of the team along who are – out of season, you know, those NWSL players and you need them to sort of lift everybody up. And so when you have players like Gilles, who's over at Lyon and playing at a high level and playing in Champions League and Buchanan and Fleming, amongst others, and then they're not performing at the expected level, it really has an impact collectively on the team and the level that's being played on the pitch. Hmm. That's a good point because so many players are out of season. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's a difficult one for, for Bev to, to work around. And hopefully the players are out of season and will we'll peak at the right times. But we'll, we'll wait and see on that. Um, next window is April. And, of course, they're legally allowed to strike. Before then, there's, mm-hmm. uh, there's this government hearing as well where players and or Canada soccer will be, will be uh, testifying. Um, Okay, this this is it's been fair enough. This window in particular, right? The distractions of the field has clearly caused some issues on the field, right? Players have said they're exhausted. At what point though must these women say, Okay, we're fighting on on this front over here, but we have to let that go when the whistle's blown on the pitch for bashes. There aren't many games left. There might just be one game left between now and the World Cup. Now, there's every chance there'll be a couple in Australia and maybe one or two games at home. That's still not being confirmed, but mm-hmm. they have alluded to it. So it, it could be getting better, assuming, of course, they're not on strike. But there must be a point where, yeah, we, we understand what's happening over here, but we have to just forget about that when that whistle blows and, and be fully professional because this is a massive year and these are massive games building up to the World Cup. 
Yes, but your your only leverage as players are are those fixtures, are those games. So it, it, it's not an admission that the federation has won if you take the pitch. It's, it's not as black and white as that. But I, I think, you know, as critical as these games are, as important as this preparation um, is or will be, the, these these competitions, especially against a team like France, like the, these are the types of opponents that Canada needs. They need European mm-hmm. opponents. They need top 10 opponents, tier one opponents, as Bev always talks about. But that's what you have to potentially sacrifice Otherwise, you 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 don't have any leverage. But when they do play, though, so like a striking aside, say say they when they do hit that pitch, yeah, they have a flat performance. For example, in the first match in particular, right against uh, the States, and that was a crazy few days. Mm-hmm. But moving forward, say they're not striking, um, they they have to find a way, don't they? To, to <laughs> they forget about that nonsense. I mean, you can't forget about it. I understand that, but you still got to put performance out on, on the pitch. Many many teams go through a crap off the pitch, you know, mm-hmm. clubs, other nations, right? But you still got to perform on, on the field when, when duty calls. Yeah, you do. And this is traditionally what, what these women have done. You know, that you, when they take the pitch, they don't have the luxury of just worrying about results like the men's mm-hmm. team do, you know, even though the men are still embroiled really in, mm-hmm. in a fight themselves with their CBA still unsigned. But, you know, these women continually treated like second-class citizens and worrying about governance and worried about transparency, that old buzzword that we love on this podcast and everywhere, and mm-hmm. and, and abuse and power imbalance and everything that comes along with it. So it, I look forward to a time where, where they can just worry about the results. But you're right, to a certain extent, Charms, they do have to comp- compartmentalize all of this and just worry about per- their own individual performance, but also collectively what, what they need in order to progress. You know, take a, a little bit of us against them sort of mentality. But the thing that would disappoint me if they do underperform, Amy, is just the fact that a lot of players, you don't get that many opportunities to play yeah. in World Cups, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you want them to excel. You want them to take that opportunity with, you know, both arms. So uh, I hope that does happen. And I think it will. I think that when they when push comes to shove, they'll they'll show up when they, they need to, even just for their own pride of the within within inside the squad i hope yeah yeah but it's also striking sorry jimmy i was gonna say it's also striking that balance as that that leadership group you know with with sink and and becky and and quinn um and soph whom we whom we spoke to and and looking at those fringe players looking at those players like a jenna hellstrom who's called into camp for the first time. She only has five caps. The last time she was into a camp was in 2021. And she gets a few minutes at the She Believes Cup. Um, Mm -hmm. So will she get another opportunity? So it's not just about playing at at a World Cup, which is is a fabulous thing to be a part of and important for the program, but also important for the individual player. But it's, it's these players who are knocking at the door and just want a spot on that roster. And uh, that might be at stake as well. It's a good yeah. point. I think, you know, the, for the women's game, it's it's changed an awful lot as well, where, you know, before, you know, the women... Tell, tell me how the women's game's changed, Jimmy. Tell me. <laughs> well, if you, if, if you let me speak, then I would tell you. <laughs> Simply because I think... You know, years years back, there wasn't as many opportunities, and a lot of people relied on the national team program yep. for, for, for the big games. Okay, whereas now you've got all these domestic leagues, and there's a lot more opportunities now for for women. And every match, you have to perform with the national team because it gives you that opportunity of maybe getting to the top leagues in Europe, yep. because they're all going to be watching, and you can't afford to have any time off 
in these big international games anymore, especially if you want to make a career playing professional football. But for men and women, that's <laughs> flipped, right? Because men, men, generally, your platform really is your club football, right? That's for how sure. you're seen. Yeah. And, and the international football is great and everything, but it's once every couple of years, four years. Women's football for so many years has been almost the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. There's tournaments, club football wasn't very much. No one really watched it in the past. Um, so your chance was to shine on the world stage playing. And they played so many games over the years, right? Sinky's got, what, 340 caps? I mean, that's yeah. just incredible, right? That's the difference. Maybe that's flipping. Maybe it needs yeah. to flip, right? And now with more leagues, professional legitimate leagues out there, yeah. um, they can make the name for themselves on I, the club I, scene. I, 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 don't, I don't think you'll see women in the future making 300 games for the national team simply because I don't think they'll be able to because there's going to be so many domestic leagues and so many competitions mm-hmm. that the international mm-hmm. games are – the friendlies are going to go out the window a little bit now and they're going to follow the FIFA guidelines. And Well, they need, a, they need Nations League games, don't they, Amy? I mean, yeah. that's going to be a big step in the right direction right now. Uh, we're talking about, you know, the CONCACAF Comma Bowl connection. That's great and all. But there still needs to be Nations League games for women's soccer as there is in men's soccer, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yep, and then the the Champions League club is is coming too in in Concacaf yeah, I think next year, and that's a step in the right direction. Um, but just to to Jimmy's point and to your point, Charms, about the way that the women's game on the club side is 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 not closing the gap in terms of you know transfer fees and and wages and all that sort of stuff, but it's more and more professional, more and more support, um, and and the environment that these women in is on. on like daily training in a professional environment, which is going to be huge for the way that the game's growing. But it to go back to this this labor dispute, it's still not there on the club side, which is why it's hugely important for the women to have an equitable structure in place when they're with their national teams, because it's still so important to the development of these players, not just in Canada and the US, these top tier teams. But, you know, as it trickles down to other, t- other teams in CONCACAF or, or lesser teams in Europe or across the world, you know, and Craig, you were talking on Wednesday's pod about the expansion to 32 teams and 48 on the men's side. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see the disparity in the results and in the sides and, and these lopsided victories. Um, but it draws attention to perhaps the need for more funding at that level and the need for these national teams to provide for their female national teams, their women's teams, so that they can mm. progress and really start to close that gap. Here's the idea. You get Saudi Arabia <laughs> tourism to sponsor. Oh, there you go. There's the money. There's the solution, <laughs> right? Oh, you wait. Yeah, they, might have the ne- they, might not- they might have the next Women's World Cup, you know. Oh, can you imagine? Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, uh, at that, point, FIFA is one at, at that point, FIFA is one strange place. Countries start saying, sorry, FIFA, no. Do you think if that happens? Who has said it though up until this point, right? We just, the men's no World Cup was, just, nobody because no. the money is, is too attractive. Yeah, I yeah. know. But uh, the one women's thing... game, they will take a moral stance. Or maybe they'll just go, wait, this is good for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This wait, is wait, good wait, for the hang on. hang on, how much? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. a lot That's of money to say no to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One thing I want to just quickly mention there, um, picking up on something you said, Amy. So Christian Sinclair, or Sinky, as I like to call her, and, and many others, millions. You, you refer to Sinky there as Sink. Has this just evolved, this, this name? Is this something that only former teammates and teammates can use? Because I just got it's used to Sinky. club. It is, right? So I can't say sink. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like that level of 
you know, familiarity with 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 Christine is Sinky. Yeah, Sink is you better have shared a room with her. Here's the question, well, Sharps. How would Amy introduce us? Amy, how would you introduce us she to wouldn't. Christine Sinclair? She, there's no chance she'd We're all hanging out. Close to, to Christine. <laughs> no, but this on the is Wonger. Already, your pronunciation and like the way you've navigated it is pretty sink or swim. Would you? Would you at least go? <laughs> hey, Sinky. Since or, or swim, you mean, right? Since, yeah. yeah. Since or would swim. you say, "Hey, yeah. Sink, these are my friends." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, all or colleagues. You like, well, I, I, I know these. No, I know I these would. guys. Sink. No, I think most of the time I would call her Sink. Really? Yeah. Hmm. She hasn't answered the question whether we're friends or colleagues. No, I would. I'd say they're my friends. Some guys. So we're, say, say you know we're at training, you know, and and you're talking to to Sink, and we show up, you know, the Footy Prime crew for some, you know, content, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And you, you you look up and you see us, and and you look at Christine, and like, oh, do yes. you like just like look at the ground, and like, um, <laughs> yeah, like, these oh, are these are guys. Fuck, are they yeah, um, how, how do I you... don't know who these guys are. I don't know how they got their press passes, but. <laughs> I think you hear us before you saw us. That's right. See well, the guy in the deep. See the guy in the deep V-neck. Don't talk to him. <laughs> and why would she? Really? No. You'd be like, hey, no. nice rack. <laughs> is it Jimmy Tits? And, uh... Jimmy Tits. <laughs> nice rack. <laughs> no, she's she, no Craig and Jimmy, right? And I mean, yeah, I, I've interviewed her enough times, but she hates the media, so she probably just put that out of her mind. She wouldn't know Steve Chang. But she no. might know Dan Wong. No, I would. I don't I think, think she hates the media. No, I just hate she's no, no, she just she'd rather no. not talk to the media though, and I understand that. Why well, I wouldn't want to either. Yeah. Oh, Craig, you know her. What do you call her? Do you say hello, Christine? <laughs> yes. I call her Sink. Oh, you know her. What's up, you? Sink? Oh, you you say Sink too, do you? No, because no. Jimmy's an expert on women's football, so we can call her Sink. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we are learning from you, Amy. We we acknowledge our naivety. Amy, Amy got a little. I have to say though, I was watching the 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 body language, and Amy got a little. I I saw something perk up when Jimmy did his because Jimmy. So Amy, this is what Jimmy always does. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you a story. Right? I mean, he does it to us too. So I just want to give him, and then fa- fairly to you, I think there was like a little bit of. Oh, what's Jimmy going to tell me? What's he going to tell me now? What's this yeah, fuck going to tell us? Do tell, Jimmy. Do tell, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes Jimmy's eyes use like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. Hey? You're right. He's like a deer in the headlights, Jimmy, when you said that. So tell me, Jimmy, how does the women's game improve? <laughs> I think he answered it very well. He, he actually did pretty well. well. I was gonna. I sat back and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch him just squirm here. But listen, he, listen, he, watch the fireworks listen, go off. Amy. We are. We fully acknowledge that we don't know nearly enough about women's soccer. I do, for sure. That's why we're trying to learn and educate ourselves, and that's the first step forward, Amy. It is yeah. acknowledging our inadequacies. <laughs> so our many inadequacies. <laughs> we just I need somebody on here to help us I out. I love the women's game. <laughs> that's it. No, you guys are good allies, right? Yeah, we think so. Yeah. We're trying we're like, to be, oh. and I think that's mm-hmm. a big step. We're Neanderthals but... trying to walk upright. There we go. And, and we also still, like a, a good few... deep V-neck. <laughs> Jimmy's taking a battering today, isn't he? Jesus. Yeah. Got you I don't back, mind. Jimmy. Let it keep it coming. <laughs> he hasn't had that V-neck on since, though, has he? No. One is wearing a bit of scoop and neckline today, actually. I've got another one. I'm going to get a couple more for you. Maybe oh, a couple Steve shirts. Steve Chang, put that away. <laughs> when you have a hairless chest like this and it's natural. You need a chest wig. 
and you Jesus have no <laughs> I need yes, a merkin. Yeah, I need chest, a merkin. His chest is like a baby's bum. It really like is. A, like, a, like a dicky, but it's just chest yeah, hair. That's right. Is he, is he on the uh, podcast with a seal as one of the hosts? <laughs> yeah. Quite a good swimmer, like seal. I said. Man from Atlantis. <laughs> um, as uh, So continuing the conversation about uh, this weekend, so some, some big games. MLS kicks off, mm-hmm. which is obviously a huge deal here in North America. We've got three Canadian teams this year. Do you or just the one? <laughs> We've got one really good one. I got one good one. Yeah, there's Montreal no, there's no great, great ones. this year. There's one. Let's let's do this, Kate. So good, great, good, and bang average. All right. You got you got Toronto. You got Montreal. You got Vancouver. Who's great? Who's good? Who's bang average? Craig. Well, I would say that Toronto FC have a great squad, but will they play? Bang averagely, I don't know. Uh, Montreal, Amy's got a better handle on that, but I don't expect as good as we saw last year. I think that's a big project they got going on there. And mm-hmm. Vancouver, I'm not sure what they're doing. They just never really sort of inspire uh, much out there on the West Coast. So a little disappointing from their standpoint. What do you think of what's going on in Montreal right now? Amy, is there a chance they can be competitive this year? What are the changes compared to last year? <laughs> I think you went backwards. <laughs> I need to chime in there. I would think so. I do. Yeah, well, I mean, record season, right? They, uh, like last year, they they eclipsed all kinds of club records, uh, points, goals, wins, everything. So I think right away, I think they're not going to reach the same heights that they they reach, but I think they're in pretty good shape. Like looking at their projected 11, they've got nine of sort of their best 11 from last year returning. Mm -hmm including a back line that is virtually unchanged um, except for Alistair Johnson. And he's almost a like for like replacement. And some people might even say arguably an upgrade in Aaron Herrera. Yeah. Veggie, right? like very, the, very good. Real, real, real sort Lake for four or five years. Right. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm perplexed at how they gave him up so easy. I think, uh, and CF Montreal even got like an international slot out of it was like 900 gam or maybe even less plus an international slot. So Olivier Renard, the the sporting director, is doing some really great things in Montreal. And then you've got Wanyama returns, right? He was a question mark. Yeah. yeah, and for me, he was the team's MVP last year. Kyoto, who was on 15 goals and, and six assists. So for me there, is he able to give you the same um, minutes? Because he's never logged 2,000 minutes in back-to-back seasons before El Romantico the big Honduran whom I love he's great to watch really exciting and Mason Toy I think is poised to to break out so he's been plagued by injury the last couple of seasons and last year he just looked mentally like he was a bit shattered like missed a couple of great opportunities and he saw and he thought okay like actually when he came back from injury because he had the shoulder surgery and that uh shoulder the injury that ended his season in 2021, he misses half of the year, but he had a great beginning of that season. And then he tore his groin at the beginning of uh, preseason last year. So he finally returns and he got a brace against Seattle, I think. You think like, holy shit, like here we go. Like he's just off to the races and then just didn't really come together for him. But I think this year he's poised for a breakout. And then great, great youth, great youngsters in uh, Sean Rea, who can play that number 10 role or kind of more of a box-to-box midfielder, but probably that that 
uh, Georgie Mihailovich role. Um, but you know, (laughs) yeah, well, you know, for sure. So he's, he's not going to be Georgie, but, um, really creative, great on the dribble. Um, you know, a player that can really provide that link up play between the likes of Kyoto and, uh, and toy and deeper lying Piet and Wanyama. And then Nathan Saliba, a kid who's uh, from the academy, homegrown kid, last year didn't play because he was unvaccinated. But this year, by all accounts, has just had, like, exceeded all expectations in training camp. And uh, James Bantemis, new contract, and he, yeah. he should have been number one last year. But for whatever reason, this is my only thing with Wilfred Nancy. I have no idea why he preferred um, Brezza over Pantemis. So Pantemis has got the net. And I think uh, that back line right away, there were questions asked of it early last year. Hmm. But now I think they're going to be off to the races, not straddling Champions League and MLS play from hmm. the get-go as they were last year. So I think you're going to be off to a, a good start. It was funny. Uh, you said net and Craig's ears propped up. It was like he yeah. was the cat. He was like... <laughs> Oh, can I say something now? Do I have a (laughs) comment on this? (laughs) No, but speaking of, if we switch to to TFC, like that massive upgrade for TFC and and Sean Johnson, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think Matt Hedges too. No, they brought brought in very good players, I think. Sean Johnson, Johnson, we needed it. They also brought in um, Thomas Romero from LAFC, El Salvadorian goalkeeper. So they needed goalkeepers. They needed center backs with Matt Hedges and then Seguero Rosa who came from Bronby as well, big center back, mm-hmm. six foot two, who's got some experience. So they needed that. They still got Shane O'Neill as well who can play that. They needed a left back. They brought in Raul Peretta, who was at Basel for a while. So he's got some experience, played youth uh, Italian national team on that left side. And then you still got Insigne, you got Bernadeschi. They brought in uh, Adamo Diamande as well. Another striker, a bit of a journeyman, traveled around, but he's played for LAFC. I think he had 44 games and 20 goals or something like that. So With, Under can, Bradley too, right? Yeah, under under Bradley. And then they still got some some depth. They got some youth as well with Kosi Thompson as well. They brought in Brandon uh, Cervania from, from Dallas FC as well. That's interesting, Mark, that one, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. still got Mark Anthony Kay. And then you got Victor Vasquez as well, who can sit and play behind the strikers. So I think they they built it right. They needed center backs. They needed goalkeepers. They needed some more midfield depth, and they've got that, and as well as a left back. So I think they're, had, they're in a good spot. I think last year as well, which was disappointing, and you've kind of had to feel for for Bradley and the staff, was that beginning of the season, they played a lot of young guys because they didn't have the older guys that, that they were waiting for to come in. They came in halfway through the season. So there was a lot of young guys that got pushed that shouldn't have played as much as what they did. Um but now they've got a full preseason under their belt. They seem like they're ready to go. They got DC United as well, first match of the season, finished last in the Eastern Conference. Then they've got Atlanta away. Then they've got Crew at home. So you got three teams right away that didn't make playoffs. And how they built their squads, I'm not. I don't think they've done a great job. Those three teams. So I think they've they've got a good start with those those three matches. Columbus has got Wilfred Nancy though. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. It's interesting. I, I mean, actually, Hernan Lasada—that's one of the stories to watch, right? His his style of football compared to mm-hmm. Wilfred Nancy, yeah. very different. You know, we we talked to Mikey Singh about that a lot on mm-hmm. Room Four Four Two this week, and he very conflicting philosophies in football, right? Can those players adapt? And you would think so. There's been enough enough change there. Um, with TFC, um, it is very curious. If they get injuries, what happens there? That's my my concern for TFC. The top eleven, the first eleven is as good as anyone, I think, in the league. Yeah. It looks outstanding. Um, although the, there's some question marks maybe up top. Um, 
but that you get a couple of injuries and, and you do wonder, you know, what happens. That's why the Severia signing was interesting. Tom Bogus was talking to Mikey Sin this week and he was saying how that deal could be a huge deal. The potential of this kid's pretty high. It's a very high bar. Great passer yeah. off the ball. And he's if young. You can find him, he's very young. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he's he could be a guy there for many years. Well, that's why when you look at it as well, you know, with also and Bradley, obviously, and Victor, they're, they're older experienced players and you needed that, that youth to, to come in as well. Um, you know, how long are they going to be? Can they play every single game, the older players? Maybe maybe not throughout the season. There's going to be times where they're going to have to get rested and that's where you need the youth and the, the young legs to come in. So you got, and even Kosey Thompson, I think he's got 24 appearances, 20 years old mm-hmm. for, for TFC. So you've, you've got a young kid in as well that can play in him play in the middle if need to be and then obviously with a young boy that come from Dallas as well experience he's got some some experience on him I think he's got a one cap as well with the, the the U.S. national team so you know he's going to be on the radar as well for that national team so I mean look I, I like what they've they've done I like the pieces that they've brought in but you're right they still need a li- little bit more depth within that squad what about Mark Anthony K? Sorry, Sharm. He's healthy. He's he's good to go. Yeah. So, do yeah. you think that it's going to be like his return to form? He's healthy. He can find that fitness again and really be an important piece. Well, as, I, I as don't. I don't think. I mean, number eight. Mark Anthony, Mark Anthony K hasn't found his form since LA under Bradley when he was at LAFC. He had this spell where I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Went to Colorado, didn't do as much there, and obviously came to Toronto. I think he played eight games last last season. Um, so now he's got to figure out how do I get back in this team with Bradley in front of me, also in front of me, Victor Vasquez now coming back. Plus you got Brandon Savanier coming into the squad. So he's got to find his role now and he's got to work twice as hard as what he did last year to get back in the squad and make a isn't difference. He, isn't he the spokesman for the men's national team? He seems to have he's a lot to well. Yeah, well, he's got to focus on his football now and try to get in this squad. Yeah. Can I ask you guys something? There's so much with the She Believes Cup, with the World Cup that we just had with the men. What is it that you can't consume? You guys are all love football. It all made your careers. What is the tournament, the, the league? What are you not watching when these other things are added? Because I have to say, even we've covered MLS but I think we're covering MLS more this year than we ever have. Um, what do you guys go? I, I've got to lower that on my priority list. Is it the Europa cup, which we were joking around about? Is it like, is it these internationals? Is it, Hey, I don't watch city as much Liga, whatever these things are. What is it that you guys drop on this priority list when there is an addition of international play? I, I've had to really. It, it pisses me off, actually. I watch so little Uzbekistani Premier League these days. <laughs> the Belarusian National League. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was my Thursday midnight feast. You know, oh, it's time to watch the Uzbekistani League, and there you go. Sorry, MLS. They all look like action. me, and you labor woes. Got to focus on that now. <laughs> it, it's about as palatable as your brown smoothie. <laughs> this is delicious. <laughs> Although it wasn't, it wasn't blended that well, so there's been some lumps. You know, you get like the dry little balls of protein powder. A little bit like your body. <laughs> dry, dry little lumps. No, Craig, they're moist. Thank you. Oh God! I'm glad, I'm glad everyone answered that question. Thanks, Sharps. <laughs> I'm asking a serious question, Sharps. You know, Wonger, it's a difficult one because there's always so much going on. It just sort of just overlaps and into one another. Like no, but last year, last year in about a month's time, so eleven months ago, 
you had West Ham fighting for the Europa Cup, right? So you were interested in Europa right. Cup. Yeah, that's and, right. And, the, and I think there Interested were a few teams. Hammer. Yeah, the Hammers were a little more... Uh, I think we all were. That, yeah, that we were. We were. We went and had a couple beers, you know, mm-hmm. one of those things, watching yeah. the game. At the, the, hammer, the Hammer has got a big nail behind it. Yeah. Well, it year. was at least straighter and a little more happy. <laughs> um, but, it's on the straight and narrow. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, narrow. It's not a good look. It's yeah. a lot more than straight. It's okay. Narrow, like a pencil. It's narrow like a pencil. Oh, it's straight. And, um, but there was these. There were these opportunities to say, "Hey, the Europa Cup seemed like a valuable uh, watch for you, Craig." And it actually came up a lot uh, on our podcast. So it's just interesting to me where you can't consume everything. What is, you know, because we talk about media all the time. Amy, what are you not watching or what is overwhelming to you? Or what games are you, you know, saying? Like even She Believes Cup at four o'clock, that early start, as as hard as it was for the women's team, probably. Yeah. It was hard for us because we're like, that's not in my wheelhouse. I got to get the kids yeah, you know, same. I was know. in the car. I couldn't. I couldn't watch that game. Yeah. But but yeah, it's this. It's the same. I've got to prioritize. Like it, it wasn't until I was back involved with with MLS that I was even really watching. Like people were talking about all oh, the Drogba days and this. And I was like, oh my my twins were. I was still nursing them at that point, and I <laughs> knew vaguely that he was with the team, but I had there was a lot of catching up that I had to do, and I didn't pretend like I like I was really plugged in. But I had to do a lot of catching <laughs> sorry, up. Sorry, Abe, you saw the wry grin on Sharms when you brought up nursing, right? <laughs> twins. <laughs> He's literally going to ask yeah. a question about nursing twins. Yeah, do, you, do you have any advice for nursing mothers? <laughs> no. He was nursing no. himself. <laughs> I never got to nurse my three. <laughs> well, those plung- plunging necklines when you're nursing are advantageous. So. Yeah. Anyway. Although, yeah, no. when, I, but- when I did wear my V-necks, they were always like, the most disturbing comedic <laughs> sketching so you're not good. getting anything out of these oh, no, welcome <laughs> welcome to our house our family i want pity <laughs> <laughs> okay. Classic. Little Britain, for those of you that uh, have yeah. no idea what we're talking about. The best. So yeah. good, though. So offside, but so good. Yeah. But no, I mean, Wonger, I, I, the Premier League, like I watch as much as I can, follow Liverpool as much as I can, the, obviously the, both national teams and as much MLS that I can can watch to make sure that I have a kind of good good perspective on, on CF Montreal and their narrative, but also other Canadian clubs. Now your better like half though is all hockey, right? He, he, he must watch a crap load of hockey. Yeah. So like, of hockey all the when time. do you yep. actually see him? Um, occasionally we high five each other, like after the kids <laughs> are in bed and that's, that's about it. That's about it, right? <laughs> you got, are, yeah. you, no, are you in the basement? Is he up in the main room washing his stuff while you're watching your stuff or how, how does it work out? Yeah, it depends. I usually watch on the computer because it's usually streaming stuff. Mm. Actually, I had a question for you guys, like Fubo TV. See, longer Steve Chang with, with the nice. plug. Nice. But then, um, like, what are you guys doing for Champions League stuff? Are you also paying for other platforms? Because, like, at, at the end of the day, yes, it's what can you consume, what's realistic, but also how much are you out of pocket for all it's this? Crazy. Stuff? It's a real problem yeah, nowadays. That's it's, the problem. Uh, di- I we I we I've got a disown 
uh, subscription. Going to get an Apple subscription. Like, this is part of it. I mean, although TSN is picking up, this is where I'm really confused about what MLS is doing with Apple because I just saw, you know, we saw Oso on the on TSN, right? Yep. And how many games are TSN broadcasting? Because I have the TSN app through my cable subscriber because I also do that too. So there's all kinds of, you know, we always talk about cable cutting and, hey, getting, but I haven't watched one Champions League game this year. Last year, we watched every single game on DAZN. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. we just don't have time. And I think we're in a bit of a hangover from the World Cup, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and then even the She Believes Cup, we have been working towards this to yeah. talk about it and have all those things. And all of a sudden, Champions League. <laughs> Jimmy Brennan, can I help you? <laughs> Mom, I told you. Yeah. In the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. So I, 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 I agree with you, Amy. It's becoming very challenging and expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's, all, there's ways around it, Amy. Just so you know, there are ways around it. But I wouldn't want to, you know. Send me the links. Recommend any? I, I will. Any illegal? Yeah, I want your links, it? not Jimmy's, because that might be something else entirely. <laughs> 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 no, but no. I mean, piracy is, is is a problem, right? And the the companies know that, but they keep cranking the goddamn rates. So too freaking bad. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. You created that. You create uh, created the landscape. So we have no choice yeah. sometimes. But still, you know, what, it's interesting. Though, they, yeah, the, so many of the like also going to TSN doing interviews. I mean, this is a network who ignored MLS for the first five years. They wouldn't even put a camera down at training because they had nothing to do with it until the hockey deal was switched over to Sportsnet. Then they yeah. they all of a sudden jumped on board. But um, money, money, yeah. money. They, 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 they have no interest in growing the women's game. They they were oh, $20,000 for the CONCACAF uh, qualifying tournament. So if they're really into actually investing and putting some time into soccer, they should do it instead of behind the scenes. not having Well, it, there's more it. games too, right, this year. Craig, uh, we should quickly touch on <laughs> this uh, playoff revamp for MLS. So there'll be a play-in game. Right, which which makes sense it's in eighth and ninth, but then the next round of games will be a best of three. Mm. Fuck off! Has this ever been done ever? Not in not in not soccer. in MLS, but in in soccer. I don't think leagues so. across the world. You know, it was asked to Bob Bradley yesterday's TFC availability. Someone asked him about that, and his response was, "Don't ask me that question. Don't ask me that question." It was really quite funny. Um, he was very diplomatic and political. Um, but clearly he thinks it's stupid as well. Best of threes? Why? It's stupid. But it's for Apple, right? They need they need to yeah. to pump out more games and it goes back to the almighty dollar, right? And then for me, it almost devalues the regular season. 100%. Yeah, exactly what it does. It's, like, it's all about the playoffs. Forget regular season, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, what it's really about anyway. I mean, you know, it's about the, the team listing the cup, but it's just more football, another game. Right. What happened to football isn't it's broken in many ways, but it's got some things right. And I think the way they determine a winner in no matter what league, generally they get it right. You know, you have cups where there might be home and away. Mm-hmm. Works pretty well to me. You know, you have league structures. Works pretty well to me, um, but not MLS. They got to try and be the smartest guy in the room all the time, it seems. Well, it's a North American thing. 
playoffs. Yeah, do you think that, but what, Craig, will that bring a new new segment of the fan base? Oh, they got best of threes. Now I'm watching. No, but it'll bring them a little extra money. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's Apple having their uh, influence, I suppose. But why not home and away? Like, are, I, we, I get are we so cranky, player. Amy? Sorry, are we so cranky that like we can't see change? ML, uh, MLB did it. Remember, it used to only be the, you know, the top two teams playing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't want to be that devil's advocate because I don't usually Steve do Chang. that. Steve Chang. Yeah, I'll be Steve, Steve Chang. Chang. This is Steve Chang. But are, are you guys too cranky sometimes? About no, this stuff? no. Listen, I, I, I'm actually, <laughs> as much as you might think I am miserable, and I, I generally am, but I, I do, I, I'm open to change. I am, generally speaking. But I just don't think you need change. The playoffs in MLS are amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always like great theater. There's nothing wrong with it. It works mm-hmm. great. I get the play in. You want to have one more team on that. That, that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Make some, some more important matches down the stretch. But MLS playoffs, I mean, that is when it gets really fun. So, so why mess with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's a buzz simple. with those single elimination games, right? And I get maybe the the devil's advocate argument there would be, or the Steve Chang argument would be, you know, your team makes it into the playoffs, but you don't get to see them because, you know, they're playing a higher seed, so they're playing away. But then why do you jump? Like, why do you jump over the the home and away? Why do you go to a best of three? It's, again, it goes back to just cranking out more games to put on a new platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I, I, hope, I hope Apple is successful. I hope they... Hope it goes really well for them. I mean, let's face it. I mean, they put a lot of money up for this and they're pushing it. So good luck to them and good luck to the league. Because again, we talk about, you know, the fragmentation of the game and where all these different platforms are coming. It's, it's, it's super, super expensive for the consumer and football fans have generally historically been working class. So, and I think that's basically still the case and it's going to be expensive for people yeah. to pick up all these different platforms. Charms, we're the best of three. Is it every round? No, no, just the first, no. the first round proper after the play. So first round, then after. Then it goes then back to normal. Back to normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you go Saturday. You'll go Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. Then you'll go back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. So whoever so. gets in is going to be a little bit knackered. No. Uh, a little bit. A lot yeah. of confusion. Too. I think I read somewhere to your point, um, Craiger, about it being like a North American perspective, like bringing kind of like a, a new buzz in, is that this best of three play-in is like a precursor to ties not being allowed. Oh. Can you imagine? You're right, because there's no ties. Then I'd in get games, cranky. Right? In these, these three games, there's no ties allowed in, in these games, mm-hmm. obviously, right? Yeah. No, can you uh, Now, what's next, for Christ's sakes? The shootout. Yeah. Oh. They've already that. done that. I know. I love the shootout. <laughs> I actually liked it. From 35 yards out, breakaway, five seconds, you have to get your shot off. If you can't loved be a keeper, it. though, then you've got some issues, haven't you? Really? I loved it. Really? Yeah. Did you have a face, like, in practice or anything? I mean, yeah, numerous breakaways and show your face, but... Yeah. What was your tactic to come straight out, like, two feet intimidation or sitting back you and just like, tackle right off the hop <laughs> it's <crazy laughs> like barreling out there the center circle well they're yelling it all, depends. Ah. it all depends what was difficult on the astroturf back in the day was some of the guys would flick the ball up and it would be bouncing so the keeper you could always hit that dipping volley over top so the keeper was a little bit tentative coming out when the ball was bouncing so it was very strange very different but Vancouver Whitecaps made it to the soccer bowl in 1979 in the semifinals against the Cosmos on a on a shootout, which the referees were actually in discussion about whether they were going to allow it uh, the 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 uh, Cosmo goal because it was past five seconds. 
they didn't have replays back then. And we actually thought, I remember this when I was, I was like 12 years old, they're, they're going to screw Vancouver because the league was at that point really struggling. They needed Cosmos in the final and they didn't get them. And the Whitecaps ended up playing Tampa Bay and Rodney Marsh and the rest is history. A defining moment in your sportsdom fandom, right? Amazing. There was like 100,000 people in Vancouver on the street celebrating. It was it was wow. special times. Yeah. If not for that, Craig, is it possible if not for that experience, you may never have become a professional footballer? Maybe. Right? You saw, wow, this could be mine. I can have all this. Yeah, then it went Thank under. Thank God for that, then. <laughs> then it went under. I was like, all right, well, now what happens? All right. <laughs> the other side I don't want that anymore. <laughs> Get on the all plane. right, let's move on, shall we? Uh, to uh, footy picks. Are you ready? Yes, sir. DJ Melody. It's footy picks. It's footy picks. It's footy picks. It's footy picks. All right, footy picks, everyone. Uh, Prem this weekend. It's a game today. Actually, Fulham's playing uh, today. Are they playing Everton? Wolves. Wolves, that's right, Wolves. So let's not talk about that one, okay? No. Um, There's only one game on this yes. weekend, and that's West Ham against Nottingham Forest. <laughs> There's Jimmy, a thing I was going to say the Cavs. Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy Tits versus Stacks Forest. Uh, both of you, give us a pick then. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Tits is stacked. <laughs> <laughs> stacked and wrecked. <laughs> All right, what you got then, boys? West Ham Forest. Let's, let's start with that one. Forest. For the win. Well, no shit. How about a reason? Because they're better than the Hammers. Okay. Craig, let well, me guess. West Ham? I, ha- I mean, it's a massive game. I got to say West Ham. They're at home. But, you know, Force have played pretty well recently, too. They've picked up that 1-1 draw against City. Uh, did lose 2-0 to Fulham, although they Fulham probably uh, didn't deserve to win that one. Then they beat Leeds. Sharms, I'm on. Sorry, Craig. I'm I'm on the North Star Bet site, and it said mm-hmm. says West Ham minus one thirty two for the win, Nottingham Forest plus four hundred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is Nottingham Forest a four to one? It's four to one. Is that what underdog. I'm reading from that? Underdog. Okay. Underdog. You know yeah, what? That's, that, that's, that's a good, good bet. That's a that's good a bet. bet. That's a good bet. Yeah. Yeah. I would take Forest for it's because Forest have won away win all year. One away win. Okay. Yeah. There are three overall say. and two of them in, in in the League Cup. So um yeah. and it's you know very low scoring between these two teams recently, especially mm-hmm. away from home for Forest. So yeah. you can get West Ham winning with under two and a half goals scored at plus one ninety five. That's that's kind of juicy if you're going for the home win. And West Ham need a win as well, right? I mean, they, they've gone winless, I think, in 9 of 10 or something, haven't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, they beat uh, Everton uh, four games ago, lost 2 nothing to Spurs, 1-1 with Chelsea, 1-1 with uh, Newcastle. Yeah. So a few draws. They need to pick up wins. Uh, but uh, they played for us earlier in the season, lost. I mean, they missed a penalty. Declan Rice hit the crossbar, hit the post. Forrest ended up getting... Uh, more out of that game than they deserve. Sorry, Jimmy, but they did. But com- combined, though, the last 12 games, they've gone under two and a half goals, these two teams. So take the under. Whatever you do, take the under. And uh, there probably should be yeah. some value there. Uh, Amy, anything jump out to you? They've got a Carabao Cup final, right? Newcastle against United on Sunday. No that's Nick great. Pope from Newcastle, obviously. That's that's mm-hmm. a killer. Um, could be Loris Carriers in goal for... 
Newcastle, you might remember from 2018 Champions League final when he, he lost it for Liverpool. Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> really fun. And Casemiro back, right, as well? Yep. He's back in there. Yep. So you got to like United in that one, I think. Yeah. What are the odds for that one? Let me have a look here. What an opportunity. I mean, it has been you know, it's plus money for Man sixty-nine since Newcastle won the Inner Cities Fairs Cup, like which is Europa <laughs> League now. I mean, yeah. It's it's incredible. They've been to finals. They've finished yeah. second in the Premier League. They yep. won the FA Cup when sixty-eight, I think. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. no. There's uh it's it's something it'd be huge for them, but they are the underdog in this one. But you can get United at plus one twenty or something. Yeah. To win Alan Shear Alan Shear actually said I would rather see them win this League Cup than finish in the top four. Wow. Yeah, it's really interesting. Isn't that amazing? Silverworks win some fucking trophies, you know. I don't think anyone gets that apart from ex players. Yeah. yeah, and I think fans really understand that because for me, I, I think that's that's crazy. What about Champs League? More money next right. year? No, about it's about now, right? And unless you played, I think at that level of football, mm-hmm. the highest you can play. Well, you're in um, between you charms. Get... You're not you're you're not a player, but you followed this the whole your whole life. Is where did you stand with trophies versus getting into the Champions League? I think it depends a lot on the team, obviously, right? If it's Liverpool, for example, I would rather they win, they finish top four than finish than win the Carabao Cup, for example. However, the FA Cup has more currency for me than the League Cup does. Mm. Obviously, Champions League more so. Mm. From there, so it depends on the team. Um, but I mean, like I said, I, I I'm still flipped to that business side. Well, top four brings the money in. You're more attractive. You can build a lot of more sustainability for next year's cup runs, as opposed to just saying fuck it. These guys have short careers. You don't win many trophies. Here's your chance. Yeah. And like I said, I can't really understand that having not played. I think, yeah. uh, you know, I've had the wrong perspective. Do you, do you think it, that goes it, a long way, though? Sorry, Jimmy, like out to outweigh that, like for a player coming into a side looking for a transfer to a team that's going to be playing in the Champions League. And obviously there's great appeal there for the player. But then also, you know, you could say, um, the, the the flip side of that is they you know they've won the trophy so is that also an appeal as a player and does it balance it out just from a purely from a player's perspective? Jimmy, <laughs> my, you know, my my computer's about to die. Okay. I haven't got a no, my, my think... Okay, cord. well we'll wrap up soon. Sure. Just keep keep talking, but I might disappear because yeah. it's like I'm getting the warning right now. Yeah. I mean, look, as a player, you want to win because that's all that's all you have at the end of the day is those trophies to remember what you've done and what you've accomplished. And you play professional football to win. You don't just play it just to say, oh, I played in this league and that league. You want to finish and to with, participate. So, yeah, you want to mm. you want to finish with silverware in the, in the cabinet. Right. And that's that's the important thing for players. I mean, you, you have to think like that because at the professional level, it's all about winning. But, you know, going back to the, the FA Cup, if you do win the FA Cup, then you go, don't you go into the Europa League qualifiers? Yeah, I believe you get in there that way, right? It's Europa like you, League, get, you, it? get, you get into Europe through that yeah. way. Yeah, so you, you win do. It That's right. On the line, I wish right? it was Champions League, by the way. I wish it was for the FA Cup, it should be Champions League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would rather have the top three in the league get in and the champ and the FA yeah. Cup winner. Now, I often, learn something. Yeah, yeah. often the FA Cup winner is top three anyway, and then you got to figure yeah. things out, obviously. But given yeah. that, that would give that tournament so much more allure, I think, which is lost yeah, over, over sure. recent years. So that's why I could yeah. see probably Shear saying, you know what, if you if we win tournament or if we win this FA Cup, we get our silverware that we haven't gotten God knows how long, and then it also gives us a chance to get into Europe as well. 
right? And let's face it, league, but at least you're in Europe. Newcastle is headed for that. You know, they're, I mean, they've done incredibly well. Their ownership is the richest in the world. Um, and they haven't made the massive changes yet. There's been a really slow build from Eddie Howard. He's done an incredibly good job. Um, bit of a surprise. So I think that Alan Shearer will also see that, you know, we're, they're going to be challenging for top four down the road. And right now a trophy would be really, really important. But the United guys, I mean, they, they're playing really well. I don't know if you watched that game against uh, Barcelona, but Manchester United are a different beast all of a sudden under Ten Hag. He's done a really good job. They, that they was game was they are ah, absolutely all right everyone well it should be a good one on sunday we'll uh we'll look at it and talk about it and see if newcastle have their first trophy since the city's fairs cup into toto league europa league conference league thing whatever it was, whatever it was back in those days we'll also, i night. just want to i also want to announce amy made the uh theme song so Amy, new theme song has your name. <gasps> That's in. a big really? moment. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah, I, I got JC to redo it last night or two days ago. This is like just like, in a, like, edit in that and Amy. Yeah, it's like Mr. Black from The Simpsons. And Mr. Black. <laughs> Amy <laughs> Walsh. <laughs> yeah, screw you, Forrest, with your proposed probationary period. <laughs> <laughs> all right, no star bets. That's where you want to get all your wages on and take our advice because we're never wrong, as you can tell from Footy Picks. And for all the action this weekend, it is on Fubo. TV, FoboTV.com slash Footy Prime. Subscribe, sign up, and we'll chat to you in a few days' time, hopefully by Sunday. Keep buying newspapers and cheers for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Footy underscore Prime and on Instagram at Footy Prime IG. Oh, let's go! Footy, footy, it's time to get this party started. Footy, footy, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.